Productions presents All is Forgiven, an episodic musical podcast written by Serene Dominic. Hey, this is Serene Dominic bringing you another one of these bonus episodes of All is Forgiven. So I'm, I'm trusting that you've already heard the, uh, the uh, podcast, all seven episodes, and maybe even the uh, bonus episode I did with Russ Decay, uh, where he interviewed me about All is Forgiven. This one is going to be different. It's going to be one of a two-parter I do with Steve Aceta, the musical director of All is Forgiven. And we um, we met at Steve's house, and um, we had a couple of gin and tonics in, the, in July. <laughs> and... Uh, and we just went song by song through the whole um, the whole album, which I think is a pretty good album. It's, I, I just played it the other day, and uh, I think it stands up on its own uh, as something separate from the uh, podcast. But really, uh, episodic musical podcasts are an untapped genre. I mean, I mean there there aren't any there there aren't any other ones. I, th- I think there was one that came out. Uh, I couldn't tell you the name of it because it was on my old phone, and then when I got a new phone, I, you know, I, I suppose I could look for it, but I was monitoring it. You know, it's like, oh gosh, there's another one, but it, you wouldn't like that one. It was, it was all showy and glitzy and stuff. Ours is a little, a little more uh, funkier, and and a little more rock and you know R and B based. You know, it's not like. You know, the other one was kind of like uh, 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 High School Musical. You know, I mean, if you like High School Musical, then you would love that one. But anyway, I think you would love this one. But as I said, it's a hard sell because people are like, I know podcasts are people you usually listen to podcasts because they like to hear people talk and, um, you know, and talk about music. But uh, you know, to to follow a story, uh, it's 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 hard. So I'm gonna be trying to do this to uh, sell the whole concept of Onus Playhouse. You know, I don't know how many people think they need to have an episodic musical podcast in their life, let alone two. But you know, we're 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 staking our claim. We're making our little um, territory here, and I think though everybody's gonna enjoy it, and I think you'll enjoy this talk with me and Steve uh, Aceta, our musical director of. Like I said, we're at his house. You'll hear some extraneous noises. You'll hear his dog panting quite a bit. So don't think it's either of us. And, um, you know, we're going to be doing another um, podcast in the fall, another episodic musical podcast. So um, let's uh, join, join us now as we uh, jump in and dissect the music um, in this part one of uh, All is Forgiven, a uh, musical overview. All right, this is Serene Dominic. I'm here with Steve Aceta. Hello. We're doing a we're doing a little uh, special uh, bonus uh, podcast where we figured we would talk about the music of All Is Forgiven. And I should say on the outset that we're working on a second season for Owners Playhouse of uh, a musical podcast of Dark Lullaby. But uh, this look back, which is a film noir. It's going to be film noir. Steve is scoring the whole thing like a movie, so I don't think somebody says boo without. There being accompaniment, because <laughs> it's, I mean, but that's what noir movies are like. You mean, uh, yes, uh, you know, it's like, it, you know, they're like musical cues to tell you how to feel, which, uh, you know, uh, which would be an improvement off of the stage show, which was kind of like, not that the stage show was bad, but it had a lot of dead air that didn't make it feel like a noir movie. You know? It wasn't through composed, no. No, uh, we had sound effects, and that was, you know, that didn't doorbells that didn't ring when they were supposed <laughs> to ring. <laughs> uh, but we did, uh, we did uh, two performances of of that, uh, and and uh, well, we'll talk about that when the time comes for that. Right now, we're concentrating on all is forgiven, which was conceived as a ra- uh, a, 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 a musical uh, play uh, stage show. stage show, and then uh, I thought, why not just do it. As a radio podcast, you know. So, anyway, uh, we should just go through the songs. I should say also too that this, these, the the bulk of I guess maybe like five or six songs. Uh, I don't even know if you know this, Steve, but I think the the first 
couple of songs were were going to be part of a, a Serene Dominic rap album. It's going to be all, <laughs> an entire album rap rapping from the the viewpoint of an Italian mobster relocated in in, in Phoenix. Sunny Slope. Sunny Slope. Yeah. So I mean that was that's that's the premise, and uh, there was always like about that's about five or six songs. I'll point them out as we go along. The first one is uh. The opening track is "How Did I Become Such a Monster?" That was one of the original ones. That was supposed. To, that was always going to be the opening of the uh, the Serene Dominic rap album. Um, and uh, I went to the film bar and I saw Godzilla versus um, King Kong. Yeah, and I said somebody ought to rap over that. So <laughs> we kind of did a pastiche of, you know, I don't know, pastiche of outright. Stole it, but we did the Godzilla versus King we, we, Kong. We theme. we reimagined it. <laughs> yes, we reorchestrated. We reorchestrated it. And I gotta say, so I gotta say that of of, of all the songs of Dark Club, uh, All Is Forgiven, that is the one that I've had an epic fail every time I've tried to perform it. I don't know what it is. I get a mental block, and I I just always no. fuck up the words. I and it used to be longer too. I think that was a problem too. I would kind of well, maybe it was slower, yeah. so it seemed longer. Yeah. Well, no, there used to be a third verse, and uh, I, you know, you went, you know, went, went on and on about, it. and then we chopped it down to two verses, and I, I, I still have yet to have feel like I've done a satisfactory performance. The first time I performed it was at Space Fifty Five. It's one of those like ten minutes in heaven things, and. uh and there's a part in the song where he goes, I'll, uh, 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 I'll take the entire piece or something like that. I think, uh, yes. Um, anyway, so what I did was I handed out cake and then I took it away from everybody, you know, to prove that, to illustrate what a, what a monster I was. But uh, yeah, it didn't go, <laughs> it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't do too well that day either. Well, but, it was a room full of children. No, space is a room full of children. There's a room full of people waiting to go on and do their five minute thing. Um, but anyway, here's a song. It's how did I become such a monster? The original version of it, I I, I I didn't find my rap voice or whatever. So I I, I it tended to sound a bit like Arnold at the end of it. Oh, cut the power! You know, I can't even do Arnold, but I don't know. I enjoyed my uh, my brass voices. Yeah. Yeah, you, you 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 they really ratcheted up the tension. They did. I, I that that low brass really did it. I really enjoyed that. Okay. <laughs> when they go low brass, <laughs> we go high, high brass. <laughs> All right. Here's how how to become such a monster. such a monster. The playbook's here for anyone who wants to. Follow in the footsteps of a fraudster. Dip your head in unholy water. Guess you wasn't worth a bother. Forgotten by God, the Almighty Father. The opposite of Messiah, son. Turned out more like a Leviathan. The desire conspiring inside this one. And only one beer could be Heineken. And only one liar could rise to the top. And I'll be damned if I'll ever stop. Corrupts powerfully. Why don't you ask the powers that be how they became unlovable, untrustable, untouchable, destructible, corruptible, combustible, yet culpable? Haters to the left and right of me. No Mater and Pater ever guided me. No confidant ever confided in me. The pressure's building up inside of me, spilling out like a toxic refinery. Get ready to pay higher fees. Not a slice, I'll take the entire piece. I'll get the power. I'll get the power. Next we have um, Mars Park Boys, uh. and uh, that was always that w- that was like the blueprint of the. I mean, that's pretty much like the the whole story in a nutshell. That's the true. Is, the guy is. Uh, it's the backstory. Yeah, yeah. He's he's missing his his, his cronies in the Bronx, and uh, I lived in the Bronx, and and there was always these uh, social clubs. Uh, that were like backroom gambling dens. They're still there. They have these little 
coffee houses that you go in there for coffee and it's like no and they don't know, sell you coffee they don't sell you coffee it's like i went down we had we we had this one uh place uh the my way is your way boutique you know <laughs> you, you're not supposed to actually go in and buy clothes no I, you you can't buy clothes there yeah, yeah. if they, if some of these places are existence and they have the same piece of pastry in the in the window that has been there since the place opened five years ago. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, me, <laughs> me and my wife at the time, we went into a, like a little coffee house. And, yeah. And ordered spumoni. Yeah. And they looked at us, and they actually went out. Somebody I could tell went out and bought spumoni and brought it back in. And they was, you know, eat your spumoni and get out of here, you know. But uh, is that like drinking your big black cow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, spumoni, but you might have to explain spumoni. Uh, spumoni is like uh, three different kind of flavors of ice cream, and there's like the middle one is. Uh, ne- that's the Neapolitan thing. That's the it's it's red, green, and white. Yeah, yeah. But so it's there's the Italian middle one, flag. Yeah, but the the middle no, it's uh, yeah, red, it's green, some, and white. No, sometimes you have chocolate instead of the green. Then it's. Because green is pistachio, white, yeah, yeah, and then you got vanilla. Yeah, but sometimes, you it, sometimes the spumoni could be, it could be chocolate there. So, um, anyway. what kind of what flag is that? I don't know. False flag. <laughs> chocolate Italian. Red brown, red brown and yeah. white. I don't know, but uh, this song always goes over very well. I, I like, I like this very much. Um, I like doing it, and uh, the idea, really the idea of the song is that basically this guy. Uh, you know he's he's in he's in Arizona. Nothing's going. You know he, he just misses he just misses the Bronx. Oh, uh, I didn't go into too much detail. I remember I was gonna go uh, see that was gonna be the concept of the whole album. But you know how many songs can you write about you know like missing Stellador or breadsticks that you can't get them out west? You know I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't fly. So pizza. Yeah. So the the, the fact that's all scrunched into one song works out okay. So. Uh, musically, does this do anything interesting? Yeah, I really like the I really like the groove, and then there's that really that really uh, that really great string part. Oh yeah, the well, even even just the just the chords leading up to there, it's just um, a nice voicing. It's really yeah. great. Yeah. All right. Well, this is it. Mars Park Boys. Mars Park is a uh, section of the Bronx. Uh, check it out sometime. It'd be uh, nail salons and uh, tattoo parlors, as far as the eye can see. No, no, and no pizzer- pork stores and pizzerias. Pork, pork stores. stores. Yeah, you got some salamarias, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and it gives the song gives a shout out to Jimmy Roselli, who uh, who is like considered better than Sinatra in some parts of the Bronx. Anyway, more spark boys. My favorite suture's besser I live in ignominy Just a guinea in the desert Some TA aggressor Put me under pressure Pedal many low-level devils Out the pasture In exchange for testimony Left my life for one more phony Brought on every Frank and Tony Now I'm when nobody knows me I washed up a purity Reconstruction surgery Sunless slopes The place to be Versus desert off my Dago shoulders one day Rebuild my anti-drinking Joshi Empire Then grab the bike, slaps a man that I admire Sit on him, crave an action Very safe distraction I go to karaoke hoping now it's gonna happen There's a particular This is tequila I never applied for funiculi, funicula
ribs, squealing ties. Every time a car back fires, I check my chest for holes, cause that's how this Italian rolls. Yeah! Yeah! As God as my Lord and witness, heaven ain't the place for snitches. Yeah! Yeah! Tonight is the Mars car, boys. Just the way she wants it. Um, this is probably the oldest song here. Um, I, I I left it off. I, I like I recorded it four or five albums ago, and I was just always just sitting on this track. And in fact, I was gonna have Jubes do it. I was gonna do it. Uh, Jubes is um, um, one of the actors in her All Is Forgiven. He plays. Uh, um, God, I forgot the name already. It's been so long. Uh, he plays um, Gemini, uh, the lead uh, alien. And uh, I, I set that track aside for, to do something with him with it. And uh, He and, didn't disappoint. Yeah, but he's not... I mean, that's not one of the songs that he does. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> I meant for his regular rap thing, you know. Yes. He's kind of like my rap uh, counselor. Um Anyway, uh, uh, this song, we, we turned it into the song about his wife, you know, not wanting to come, you know, out to Arizona with him. And, uh, and it's very, uh, very early 70s uh, R&B, I think. Um, I do the, try to do the Temptations thing of doing a couple of different voices, you know, the low guy and then the high guy and then the mid-range guy. Um, nice guitar part. Yeah, that's all a sample. I I didn't even do that. No, there's that. There's that other. That's that. Oh, that's clavinet kind of thing. Yeah, that's a clavinet. It is a clavinet. Yeah, that's me. I actually added that. And then, yeah, then there's that acapella bit at the end, which was like a last minute addition. You know, it's rangy. It, it, you 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 demonstrate most of your vocal range there. Right. Morris Park is her nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Door that we can just walk on through. 
the same Come home every night and hate I buy a store and I sell paint Just like Tony Monero This house but she ain't budging Guess that's just the way she wants it No the facial reconstruction Guess that's just the way she wants it I even promised her liposuction just the way she wants it Won't disrupt the kids' education Guess that's just the way into the federal witness protection program to move to Sunny Slope in Arizona. nineteen Arizona in nineteen seventy whatever or whatever. Well, it was nine, yeah, yeah, it was nineteen. Uh, no, it was in the nineteen ninety seven. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't that far back. But but <laughs> not much has changed in Sunny Slope since. No, but no. but that's the, it. Lays out the reasons why she. Her excuses for and, not wanting to get right. into the and, federal witness protection program. And they promised her liposuction. That's right. I think that's the first song to but, ever But mention. how could she leave her mama? And how could she leave her mama? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first song to mention liposuction. It's like, a, I don't know. I'd be curious to see if there are any rap songs that, uh, um, you know, mention liposuction. Yes. It's like a status thing. Yes. There are you've heard of them. She said she was going to pay for Geico with her money, and instead she paid for lipo with her money. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was going to be a rap at the end of that that this song, and obviously when the rap album didn't didn't pan out, didn't materialize. Yeah, it didn't materialize. But this, yeah, uh, that's we got kind of operatic. Dakota at the end of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, next is uh, Screaming Jay. Oh, just to a Screaming Jay. That's, this is the song you worked the hardest on. Well, and, and this you is know, a thing that you, you presented. I mean, this is written especially for this, isn't it? Yeah. Like this was, well, this was after, yeah, we wrote the, uh, I wrote the book. And then I said, oh, it'd be nice to have a song there about. Well, that's why it was such an inspirational thing. I think it's a, a beautiful chord progression, which just provided me with some with a great deal of inspiration, and uh, so we did a really nice uh, string arrangement. And there's a there's great vocal arrangements, and uh, it's really a nice piece. Yeah, and I think uh, when we when I did it, I really didn't think people did know who Screaming Jay was. Um, I mean, the conceit is that basically. They give uh, the witness protection program gives him the name Jay Hawkins, and he's like, "Oh, can I? Can you give me a name that's a little bit more less used <laughs> than that?" And then, then it's like, "Well, nobody knows." We took a poll around the office, and uh, nobody knows who Screaming yeah. Jay is. Yeah, and uh, it's it's I've I've subsequently found out that it's true. <laughs> it's you true. have to kind of qualify with like, uh, you know. Uh, I put a spell on you, and they're like, oh, "Okay, I know, you know." Or they Maybe. The Jim Jar- yeah. yeah, I mean, even the Jim Jarmusch movies, like you know, what thirty years in the rearview mirror, you know. Sure. So some twenty something isn't gonna know that, and that's kind of what this is about. It's like you know, when you go, like, you know, just me being like a, a a writer for like you know weeklies and stuff. You know, you're always gonna be working with people that are get perpetually younger and younger and then you know you have reference points that 
people don't get. And I guess the main character, the the, the piece, Vic, is is that kind of a guy. He, he just you know blurts well, out these references. Well, aside from that, he's he's now in Sunny Slope, is is supposed to Morris Park. Right, right. So nobody gets <laughs> so any. Nobody gets so nobody, anything any that he's references. talking about. Well, see that, and that's probably the reason why we're, we're uh, me and you are friends because we we get you know if I say Jackie Vernon, you know exactly who Jackie Vernon is. We know all these. You know, fucking Borscht Belt, Vaudevillians. Schvoyadels. Schvoyadels. So you, you, (laughs) I should qualify that me and Steve are both from back east, so we both have, you know, a lot of the same reference points. You know, but a lot of people around us don't, you know, so, you know, they have different ones, but, you know. But there aren't very many Italians out here. (laughs) There aren't? I don't know. Well, I... (laughs) You know, when I first came out here, yeah, I, I remember seeing a couple of, of Italians that were like the kind of Italians that like, uh, you know, sort of my, my parents' contemporaries, and they would have the French provincial furniture and, and everything out here wow. in Arizona, and it, it always struck me how that... Were they in the Federal Witness Protection Program? You know? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I no, I don't think so. Um <laughs> But you know, it just—they just seem like a fish out of water here, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Try so, to buy a Schwarzenegger. So, but then that's a, you know that's the thing though. Like how 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 do somebody like the whole point is how do you not remember somebody like Screaming Jay that like jumps out of a coffin with a, a head on a, a skull on a stick and you know and a bone in his nose, you know it's like, and he's has you know as you've pointed out he's got like how many grandchildren. Children. He had sixty-five children with, you know, probably sixty-four different wives. Right. So or you, women. I should say. You would say. you would think they would have you know stooped somebody and you know, and, and presented him and, with some and, grandchildren. Yeah, presented him with his grandchildren and, and and you know spread the word about Screaming Jay, but uh, <laughs> you know the, the the legacy a movement. Yeah, the, a movement. <laughs> the legacy just you know plopped down after he did you know. Well, you know, there was a web, they put, a, after he died, there was a web page so that they could contact each other. And so, it, uh, the children, the children yeah, because <laughs> they knew that they were out there, but they thought they didn't know that they had how to connect with any, because there was so many of them. Right. And so they put up a website and they all contacted each other. And I don't know if there's been a big reunion or not, but I think that was up to 64. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> and the, yeah, but, you know, I'm sure they. They just all split the money to... to what money? There was no money. No, there's no, there's no money. That's right. I, I mean, did he even write, I put a spell on you? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, if he did write it, he probably got cheated out of it. They all, every every early rock and roll, you know, I know he wrote cheated. black music for white people. <laughs> Constipation blues. Yeah, that's one of them. Bite it. Yeah, it's going to bite it. Yeah, bite it. Um, I must have missed that one. Bite it is the same thing as... Um, it's the exact same song as um, I, I think it was either a Barquet song. It was either a Barquet song. Like that's exactly what it was. Last night. I believe that he woke up the next day and didn't remember recording the track. Oh, I put a spell on him? Yes. <laughs> I believe he he forgot. <laughs> what, I think he totally, I think he, he's like, he, what the fuck is this? He wrote, woke up the next morning and didn't remember any of it because he was so plastered. Wow. And then you know, I think he he I think he heard it on the radio for the first time and wondered what the hell that. Was. And then he had he had to spend the rest of his life replicating it. Well, he no one no him. he used to go from town to town and go to funeral parlors and rent a coffin for his act. So if he showed up in your town, he'd go to the funeral parlor and he'd rent a coffin from the funeral parlor. But at a certain so he point, must have had some network by the time he was through, you know. Well, at a certain point, they stopped renting them. Uh, his notoriety was such that that he couldn't rent one, so he had to buy one and carry it around with him. Well, just get him <laughs> buy buy a nice hearse. Yeah, work for work for Dracula. <laughs> you know. You could drive separate from the rest of the band, and at least have somewhere to sleep on the bus. You know that's true. All right, no one's sc- no one rumors. Uh, oh, just screaming, Jay. Nobody knows. Screaming Jay is no tribute shows. No impersonators. It sang from his heart. It sang from. His
song that uh, gets sung by uh, a different person uh, other than m myself is a Jew Jihad she sings uh, four uh, yeah, three songs yeah she's got three songs on this album and uh, nah, I think they're some of the best songs I think this is one of the best songs on the record this has so many uh, music from a musical standpoint it has so many interesting sections, and there there are nods to the Beatles. There are nods to so many different types of uh, music. This song introduces the character of Shanabella. Um, she comes into the story. She wanders into the shop and gets all of uh, Vic's old antiquated references. There's a few old references there. I think uh, we referenced the Macarena and... Uh, <laughs> uh, Ball and jacks. I mean, do kids even know what a ball and ball and jacks is now? I don't think so. I don't think no. I've ever seen kids playing doing that. No. I don't even know how to play. I mean, I don't even know how to play. I I I, I remember. I, think... I remember somebody giving me ball and jacks when I was a kid, and I didn't go. What what am I supposed to do? Hit the jacks with the ball? <laughs> yeah, no. Like I make them make them move. But if you left any of them on the floor, they were worse to step on than Legos. Oh yeah. Because they're like flechettes, the things that they used to throw they're out. They're like Death Stars. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that you throw the, the jacks down, and when you and and as when you bounce the ball, and as long as the ball is in the air, as many jacks as you can snatch. Before the ball again hits the floor, yeah. is how you play. I don't know though. Yeah, I mean that's pre-video game entertainment for you. Um, that was the province of young ladies, as far as in in. Ladies would play jacks. Yes. Oh, okay. Young young ladies. Yeah. All right. Nine, eight, whatever. The hell, you yeah. know what I mean? That was a. Yeah. That was a. That was a girl thing. Yeah. And then at the end of the song, uh, the song I, I'm playing, uh, uh, I'm in with the in crowd <laughs> on the guitar. When I was a baby, just a speck, barely alive. Beneath my fragile little chest, there beat a heart of 55. When my friends played their Nintendo, I preferred a ball and jacks. When they ditched CDs for MP3s, I stuck with shellax. Oh, I, I know it's hard to
of my peers were knee deep in crack cocaine and ecstasy. I finally broke down and I tried that Bigelow sleepy time tea. And when my friend Macarena and I stayed true to the turkey trot, and I still VCR, cause DVR hurt my brain a lot. songs uh, that was um, this was actually on an old record of mine uh, uh, that I kind of repurposed uh, I did an album uh, maybe 2016 I want to say uh, called Silver Alert <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah uh, but it, this was a, a song that I recorded for it, and then I just ultimately left it off because it had this really crank, uh, kind of just like jalopy kind of mix. Like it was, I was playing the drums on it, so it was really kind of sloppy, and I liked the sloppiness of it, but it never, it didn't fit in anywhere. And I tried to fit it in in here, and it, it didn't fit in with the sloppy thing too. So we wound up re-recording it. Um, I kind of made it almost like disco, <laughs> a disco version of this song, and it's sung by our good friend and buddy Andrew Jemsek. Uh, his character is Nathan. Nathan's the guy that works at the paint store with Vic and doesn't get any of his references. Um, much but, like Andrew. Much like no, actually, you know what? <laughs> no, for a young for a younger guy, Andrew he's, knows a lot about. He's a culturally old music. he's a culturally literate. He knows person. more about the Sonics than I ever will. You know? The Hedgehog? No, not Sonic the Hedgehog. Son the Sonics that did the Witch. You know. Oh. You know and uh, you know the Northwest kind of garage. She's a witch. You don't know who the Sonics are? Sure. They did it. Yeah. What, do you do you you pull up to the speaker and the and the car hop comes out? Is that no no <laughs> no 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 you misunderstand me. <laughs> um, yeah no so he does a he does a fine job on that one. That was like the, the last thing we recorded for for the for the album. Silver Pony action. Now there there I, I should point out uh, to Arizona is that there there is a Silver Pony. Um, we made reference to it uh, as being someplace out on Hatcher um, to keep it in Sunny Slope, but there's like a um, there's a there's a country western bar called the, S the Silver Pony, and I always drove by it, imagining that it was a place for you know score some cougar action, you know, <laughs> with a country and western ladies, you know. And I went went there one night with a bunch of friends, and and it was actually a lot of fun. There was a band that was playing there. And the guy had like a live stuffed alligator on, on stage that people could put tips in his mouth because he was all like kind of shellacked and, uh, you know, what do you call it? I mean, it's not like, like, uh, 
what do they call it when they you, you stuff and mount an animal or something? Taxidermist. Yeah, he was like a taxidermied uh, croc crocodile. Well, that would have to be. Uh, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. For you to want, but, but you, so you put. So I mean, people want to leave tips just so they could put their hand in the crocodile's in the, mouth. In the luggage. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was the silver phone. Uh, silver phone action. Steve's got Steve's got a little replica of a. It's not a replica. It's an actual alligator head. Oh yeah, but it's like a baby alligator. Yeah. It's not like a big, you know, we could put your whole head in it. Yeah, I still wouldn't want to put my hand in there. No, that's nasty. All right, well, okay, so that I I never realized you had that was inches away from where I I was sitting. Okay, the next song um is actually maybe this is the oldest song. This is a song called That's My Ava, where, um, you know, Vic is pining for his ex-wife. And uh, then again, yeah, this is also done to be like The Temptations. So that was like another another nod to The Temptations. Um, I performed this the same at, 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 at Space 55 the same day that I performed How Did I Become Such a Monster? And I really fucked that one up. But everybody... That was there like this song. They said, "Oh, that song's really good." Was there a food associated with this? No, no, no. no I didn't. I didn't take food away from people. So uh, that 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 wound up, wound up worked with. Uh, I I should say that this is based on an old record. Um, by a really obscure group, uh, R and B group called Porgy and the Monarchs. Porgy, and uh, I kind of just you know. Just borrowed from that. It's a nod. It's a nod. It's an homage. It's an homage to somebody that nobody <laughs> knows, you know, at the song that no one's ever heard. Uh, so. If there was a series of words to describe the way I feel for her inside, don't you think I would have used them on her already? If I had the power to sway you to stay with me in the lap of poverty, I'd touch you all over me, she'd be my one and only stead. Oh, it gives a snake all the breath for me, the only life I have left for me. I love her with such intensity, a silence at that propensity. If I were to bow and turn effect, she would lose all of her respect for me. What do I gotta prove that? That's my girl. And now it's in a rear view mirror Listen Every once in a while she misses me And all my dependability But she dismisses me when I get to get you near Oh, there's only one yin to me yak She pitches the ball and I'm in the tank She's my ever and I'm a prank She doesn't have to say please and thank She levels a feel like a show of attack 
Actually, I reunited my band from well, the not late '90s. I think we broke up. We didn't break up. I mean, uh, just people just moved on, moved to other towns and stuff. The bass player moved to New York. The drummer moved to New York. So you just grew apart. We just we grew apart. <laughs> I was Serene Dominic and the the semi detached, ironically enough. And uh, we got together uh, maybe uh, last last summer. Uh, Wow, last summer we got we were able to get together at the Crescent. And uh, we, we, we sat and had drinks and we hatched an idea about let's try to reunite um, and do a recording, you know. Um, one of Swapping the, the tracks. Yeah, so yeah, so Jim, the piano player, is here. So the two of us, that was an easy uh, fix. And then, uh, then uh, Charles Seeley, the bass player, sent his parts. Then... Uh, then Frank Frank Hanyak, our drummer, put all the uh, the drums to that, which is really you know really kind of hard. But he you know he, he worked to a click and stuff, and and then we even got Pete Walker, who uh, engineered our first recordings and played on them, you know, and he plays the lead guitar on that. So uh, yeah, so that's like. Uh, you know, uh, that was one of two reunions I tried to do for this record. <laughs> well, it was um, a good. It was. It's a, it's a very nice guitar part. Nice yeah, yeah. guitar work. Yeah, that's Pete Pete Walker, and uh, he called. I, uh, my my favorite memory of Pete Walker is he called everybody Love Machine. <laughs> you know, how you doing, Love Machine? Uh, hey, I heard him call my Goldfish Love Machine one time. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You gotta love that, <laughs> and uh, nobody knows me like you do. That so that's again sung by Jude. I think that's our best vocal on the whole record. It it was it's sung by a a a, a, a stripper in the story, who uh, Bella. So uh, I decided I I wanted to make a a stripper song that had all the stripper pole song yes. tropes. So you got the crowd chanting M MVP, MVP, right? MVP. I took chants off of a, a couple of football games on there. Uh, the cowbell, you know, and the, what the I guess in the in the, the, in the uh, hair ang- metal guitar part. Yeah, and then the yeah yeah the angsty uh, high the hair metal stuff. vocals. Um, you know that sounds like like you're passing a cheese sandwich through your nose, um, <laughs> which is actually a lot of fun to sing. I, I I figured out a way to sing it where I don't wreck my voice, and uh, that's actually a good song to perform. The Human Torch has a lot of fun with that song. Um, so yeah, hope you like it. It's uh nobody knows me like you. Three. 
Is uh the night they knocked Fat Alfonso off? That's another remnant from the uh, rap album. So uh, <laughs> so we have like about five or six. The lost rap album. The lost rap album. I mean, I I can't imagine what that album would have been like. I mean, I could because I I didn't go through with the rest of it, you know. But all the songs that I wrote for it are on here, but they're not rap. They're not wrapped or whatever. Uh, you know what I found about rapping that's really difficult? You know how when uh, you draw, um, you do, um, um, draw, uh, like stop action animation? Yes. It takes like about. Frame by frame. Yeah, yeah. It takes about 150 uh, drawings. Well, to, more than that. To, 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 to no, do I mean just for like. A fraction of a time. Like, yeah, just for seconds. like 40 seconds. Yes. You know? And that's like I feel like with rap running rap songs is that you you have to have that many lyrics to you know and then you think wow if i feel like i'm all tapped out i've written like about five verses and it's like no you're just you just did the first verse <laughs> and you just like totally shot your lyrical wad you know so it's really hard and that's why you, the, the really good rappers will, will like introduce like all this ridiculous stuff just to fill in space like you know they'll bring up comrade baines or something you know yeah yeah or like you know uh, Tootie from the Facts of Life. You know? The the Conrad Bain <laughs> school story. Of, yeah, yeah, the Conrad Bain school. You know, well, that's what the Beastie Boys do. I mean, they they pull in the most stupidest references. You know, um, but anyway, this is just a thing about a a a, a, a gangland style hit in a in a restaurant, kind of like what happened to uh, uh, maybe was it Galanti or Paul. Who was the one that Paul, was... Paul, the steakhouse. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Ah, yeah, I, I can't Paulie. remember. I know, remember there was... I, I think it was... Glenn. Sparks. It was Sparks Steakhouse. Crazy Joe. And, you know, they all had got 
Crazy Act. Joe on Birdo's Clam House. Yeah, that's right. They said that it, they said that that they they needn't bother to kill him because the uh, Umberto's clams would have taken him out sooner or later. Oh, uh, you know what? You know, <laughs> uh, there I, there was a um, there's a great story about uh, uh, Doc Palmas and uh, Phil Spector. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, Steve, but no, uh, they were having eating at this restaurant across the street from the real building, and there was a mobster there that was like. Uh, um, Got killed, got whacked there one time, and 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 Phil Spector of all people says like I can't believe you keep wanting to eat there, and he goes, "You can't beat the portions." <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's something you, know, you got to account for the portion size. Anyway, that's the night they knocked Fat Alfonso off. Oh yeah, there was a there's an operatic coda to this one. We were supposed to get a real opera guy to sing it. You were going to get Opera Man. We got Opera Man. And uh, he wanted to get paid, um, I think. And I said, well, nobody's Paul really Castellano. Paul Castellano, there you go. Uh, the opera guy wanted to get paid. Opera and, Man. Yeah. And I said, well, that's not really, you know. Which in the I, spirit of this project. In the spirit of this project, <laughs> nobody's getting paid. And... Uh, and in the spirit of this project, he didn't do it. And in the spirit of this project, <laughs> I put on arm nice and I said, Vittorio, Firdo, Fredo, Fredo. No. No. And for the, whatever, for the 10 seconds it took to sing it. Um, and what did, what did you done the project for? What? How much did you charge the, how much of that? How, how much, much did I charge did myself? Did you charge for? the budget? No. <laughs> no, I, I, I saved, I saved the production from going under by doing it myself. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that would that would end that would end side one. He was a sitting royalty off the bar, taking charge, living large in the great wide open, playing every copper like the Wakaka, and he was a liar who got hundred mil for whole coke. It was a Wednesday and I was on stage fully engaged singing every Italian favorite like Ozzy La and no Dimenticamis. Don't forget your armor, darling. Cavaloni Nights. series the overview of all is forgiven music uh this is serene dominic hope you'll join us again for our next bonus episode where we explore the other side of all is forgiven <laughs> <laughs>